So we get an extra week of summer, but will it be summer? This is Way Over Our Heads, a weather and climate podcast. I'm Jim Dubois. Kenny Blumenfeld's a climatologist. Kenny, how you doing? Ooh, extra week of summer. That must make the Dubois household very happy. Not necessarily my wife so happy, but it makes me immensely happy. We were outside actually enjoying a root beer float. This is Sunday, the uh, 23rd of August. And um, yes, it was sticky. Yes, it was hot, but we had a root beer float enjoying it and kind of taking in this sort of hopefully not last blast of summer, but it looks like uh, some summer-like weather ahead, which we will uh, get to. But we need to talk, first of all, about uh, some storms on the horizon. Yeah, so there's, you know, it's that typical thing, Jim, where we we record one day and then we put it up the next day. So, and we can't pretend it's not happening. So it's Sunday right now as we're recording and most people won't hear this until Monday. And there's a little bit of a lag there that's that matters because in between when we record this and when most people hear this, parts of Minnesota will get pounded by, <laughs> pounded by storms again. Do you remember about a month ago, we were saying, oh, put your money on Halleck and Northwest Minnesota, and they just seem to get That's hit. right, Kitson County. Kitson County. That's right. <laughs> now I got my money. The perennial champion seems to be Otter Tail County. Okay, so it's gone a little bit south, uh, a little bit south and maybe just a tad to the west. I'm sorry, to the east, tad to the east, tad to the east. Straight down. Pretty much straight straight down, down, yep. Straight down from Kitson. Okay, visualizing uh, my Minnesota map here. Sorry about that, Kenny. Basically from, you know, there's that hump out in western Minnesota. We actually call it the hump. Yes, it's Ortonville, isn't it, around Ortonville and Sisseton, South Dakota, across the... uh, the Red River from it? Uh, uh, Ooh, you're good. Yeah. So, lake, it's, yeah. so if you go from basically the northern half of the hump on up a couple counties, that's the area, you know, Wilkin Traverse and then into Otter Tail and then east of there towards, you know, Todd and Wadena counties and into Crow Wing, the Brainerd back to Fergus Falls area. This is the area that's been hit repeatedly over the last few weeks with some really big storms and including that's the area that saw Minnesota's uh, unfortunately fatal EF4 tornado. So, but that's the area that's been getting hit the hardest recently and looks in line to get some storms. Again, we're talking about in the period between when we record this on Sunday, August 23rd, and when typical listeners actually hear it, which will be probably late morning or early afternoon on Monday, August 24th. In between that, parts of West Central Minnesota will get rocked again. Nothing nothing like, you know, I don't expect too much damage, but some bumpy thunderstorms, some hail, isolated hail, isolated strong gusty winds, lots of vivid lightning, which has kind of been one of the signatures of the summer. It's just spectacular light shows. And then those storms may or may not hit the Twin Cities, But the reason that we have to throw that nuance out there is because really, I think what you were teeing us up to talk about was the severe weather threat that emerges on Monday afternoon and Monday evening. And when that outbreak begins, it's probably going to be driven by where the overnight storms kind of terminated. We'll just have to see how good we are, Jim. I'm guessing that what the Storm Prediction Center sees which is storms originating somewhere 
within 75 miles of the Twin Cities and then moving kind of eastward and southeastward from there, possibly across the Twin Cities. Maybe they miss us to the south. Maybe they miss us a little to the north. But that general vicinity, I'm guessing that that's a reasonable forecast. And the, the biggest threat on Monday evening is going to be from heavy rain and also large hail. This could be one of those repetitive hail situations like we had a couple of weeks ago. Man, we've had some good storms this summer. Yes, we have. We really have. And you know, you made a good point about the vivid lightning. I have seen so many lightning photos on social media, and some of these are just absolutely stunning. I mean, I cannot recall a summer in recent memory that has provided such a wonderful light show on so many nights in this state. Yeah, I I agree. And you know what the secret ingredient is? And we're going to have to do some research to figure out exactly why this is. But one of the reasons we've been seeing so much lightning so vividly is because the storms have been relatively isolated. Even when they've been in those big clusters, the clusters themselves have been isolated. So when we had the, even the mega rain event in late July, you could see those storms for 50 to 100 miles. If you weren't right under one, you could see the lightning. And then when we had that kind of repeat hailstorm over the Twin Cities, I mean, that thing was like a disco strobe light. And, you know, the storms themselves were pretty big, but once you got outside of them, there was no clouds. And so you could see right into them. It's like an anatomy chart of the thunderstorm. And you can see where all the electrical discharges are happening. And you get a much better view of that kind of jaw-dropping lightning display when, when there's not a huge blanket of clouds over the entire region. I was up in um, the area between Bemidji and Cass Lake over this most recent week, beautiful area, and there were thunderstorms two of the nights. One of them was over 100, almost 150 miles away. So I could see from there. So I'm near Bemidji. And I could see a thunderstorm that's basically raging over the boundary waters because you got pretty good visibility from across a lake there. And it was just putting on a spectacular light show, especially, of course, as the sun went down. And on Saturday night, uh, folks throughout central Minnesota, you know, there were big storms in Aiken County and Crow Wing County and Mille Lacs County and also Otter Tail County that was on Saturday. And, you know, the people who did not get hit directly by those storms saw, you know, hours of lightning, uh, just constant lightning. So, yeah, this is, you know, maybe this is the summer of vivid lightning, Jim. Yeah, indeed, Kenny. And uh, you did mention, of course, the threat for the storms that will be coming tomorrow looks to be primarily heavy rainfall. We do see the possibility of training here, too, meaning that these storms may traverse over the same area repeatedly. But I did see a mention of the possibility of tornadoes. What does that risk look like? Yeah, it's actually similar to what we had a couple of weeks, uh, what, Friday, August 14th. Mostly what we have is deep instability. In other words, it's warm and humid, and the temperature drops off pretty quickly with height. So the ability for the air to rise explosively is definitely there. And that's kind of the most important ingredient for thunderstorms. But we also have wind shear. It's not super strong, but we have um, you know, enough that thunderstorms could begin rotating. They could tilt over a little bit. And especially where they start building along the same boundaries, you know, the kind of 
remnant boundaries from earlier in the day or along boundaries from previous storms even an hour before, they could acquire a little additional rotation. I don't see the potential for you know, really large, long-lasting, powerful tornadoes or anything like that. But, you know, tornadoes kind of by definition are pretty strong and uh, certainly, you know, could see a few tornadoes, especially that kind of chunk of East Central and Southern Minnesota where the storms are most likely to initiate. I would say, though, that the the main threat is going to be heavy rain and large hail. There's always a chance that, you know, as the storms get really big, that they start kicking out cool air and that cold air rushes to the ground and uh, you get some strong and maybe damaging thunderstorm winds. But I would say in order, the threat would be heavy rain, large hail, strong gusty winds, and then tornadoes. And we should mention that this is going to be a hot, humid, and unstable week, to say the least. We are moving into a very soupy air mass. You know, I was trying to take a look at what's been going on with the uh, climate here. And, you know, we hit 90 on Sunday in the Twin Cities. And I believe that's the first time in August that we've done that. Yeah, it is. So it had been a while. And there's a few other opportunities to hit 90 uh, over the coming week, including Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and even Thursday. The potential wild card is if thunderstorms, I mean, we're going to kind of be on the northern end of that warm air mass. And if thunderstorms do form along that warm air boundary, they certainly could throw clouds over, you know, part of the day and you might not get quite as warm, but it's going to be a humid air mass. And, you know, there's two, (laughs) there's two tropical weather systems that we're watching right now. One's in the Gulf of Mexico. It's Hurricane, what is it, Marco? And then we also have Tropical Storm Laura. And these are actually both going to make landfall probably in the Gulf Coast region. And they're going to throw a little extra moisture up our way for later in the week. So after we get past the severe weather threat on Monday, and we sit in the steam bath for a couple days with maybe, you know, minor thunderstorm chances, but the chance for a spoiler. Then on Thursday, maybe Friday, as the cold front finally comes through, uh, we might see a pooling of some of that tropical moisture left over from one or both of those tropical weather systems. That's why we start seeing in some of the forecast discussions the chance for heavy rain again late in the week, um, maybe even extreme rainfall. Kenny, you and I last spoke on Thursday, August 13th, and of course we were talking about the potential for severe weather on the 14th, Friday, into uh, Saturday morning, the 15th, and uh, well, I guess the weather did not disappoint, and uh, those of us living in the Twin Cities even heard the tornado sirens uh, go off on Friday night, so it was quite an active night on the 14th, wasn't it? It really was. Uh, It was a good, strong, severe weather outbreak, kind of local. You know, nothing, fortunately, you know, and and I don't want to make light of anyone who did have damage and have any kind of hardship from it. But, you know, fortunately, it was as tornado outbreaks go, it was on kind of the lower end of the spectrum, a lot of EF0 and two EF1 tornadoes. But I believe the final count is 11 tornadoes. And they were, you know, basically in the Twin Cities area and uh, out around Wilmer, out around Glencoe, and kind of central and eastern Minnesota. 
yeah, on radar, it was kind of an impressive display. You could see these powerful thunderstorms moving in. They were all kind of isolated supercell thunderstorms. And there was a lot of hail. There was some, uh, some heavy rain also. Well, you know, Kenny, we talked about uh, this uh, extra week of summer. We're getting Labor Day at the latest point it can possibly be. The question, you know, will it be summer? We know it's going to be summer this week. Will it be summer next week? Yeah, you know, I hadn't thought about that until until just today, that we really, you know, usually you think Labor Day weekend, that kind of ends summer the way that Memorial Day weekend begins it. And, you know, you can also think of meteorological summer, which ends on August 31st. So we get this extra week of our sort of cultural summer, but will it be summer? I mean, you know, by the time you get into early September, are people going to act like it's summer? I mean, plus you got a pandemic. <laughs> right, or, right. Or are people just going to be fully embracing kind of their September mentality by that time? The charts are pretty wishy-washy. I know the Climate Prediction Center, who I love picking on them. They're the ones who make the 6 to 10 and the 8 to 14 day and the 30 day outlooks. They see the first week of September being cool and wet here. If you look at some of the models that have been running from not just the, the U.S., but also in Europe, they're starting to indicate that maybe this warm air mass is going to make a couple efforts anyway to get back into our good graces in early September. But I think, you know, this next week is going to feel like the last week of summer, and then there will be a shift, and it will be cool for at least a couple days, and from there, there's kind of a fork in the road, and I can't tell you which way we're going to go. But on one side, we rebound and have kind of a watered-down version of more really late summer, and if we go the other way, we just fully embrace fall. Uh, some of the models were showing low temperatures by, you know, the 6th or 7th of September, possibly being in the 40s in central and even southern Minnesota with frost and maybe even some freezing conditions in northern Minnesota. It's way too far out. That's And that's a pretty, that's a pretty wide range of possibilities. But yeah, it could be that this is our last big hurrah of summer. I mean, it would be unusual if we didn't have more, you know, mid or upper 80 degree days during September. But, you know, the, the lakes start cooling off pretty quickly as the nights get longer and the days get shorter, the sunlight's less intense. And you do start that transition towards fall. I mean, by the, within about four weeks from now, uh, we'll have equal parts night and day and it will be fall. So, uh, yeah, it remains to be seen, Jim. But uh, we, you're right. We do have a good, hot, humid week kind of in store for us, and then kind of a question mark for the following week, which does represent the final week of cultural summer here in Minnesota. I like the term, Kenny, cultural summer. And here's something that I always have noticed. It seems to be fairly consistent year to year. I'm speaking anecdotally without any data, but uh, in a non-pandemic summer, this coming Thursday, would normally be the start of the great Minnesota get-together, the State Fair. Mm. And, of course, the last day of the State Fair is Labor Day. I have spent, because of my history in radio and uh, uh, some other activities, I spent a lot of time at the State Fair, many, many days. I know that uh, that 
12-day expansive time quite well, historically. And it always seems to me, usually, they're days that tend to be pretty darn hot, pretty darn humid, at least a couple of days of storms, and then, oddly enough, after Labor Day. It's almost, I would say, predictable. And especially a late Labor Day like we have this year. Typically, it seems to me, within about two or three days after the end of the state fair, the weather takes an unbelievable turn, where literally you wake up one morning, it had been summer the day before, and boy, it really feels like fall. Like there could be a brisk northwesterly wind, kind of not necessarily a wind chill, too early for that, but definitely a big change from what the weather might have been just a few days ago. Is early September kind of the time when we typically get our first real taste of fall? I mean, it seems like it. And I've had people tell me over the years that there was kind of a smell and a feeling to the first day of school. And as you know, that's often also the first day after Labor Day, the day after Labor Day. So You know, the question is, well, is that because, you know, kids were up and had to pay attention that morning because they were forced to walk to school or to the bus stop or whatever? So they were noticing those smells and the mornings prior to that, they just didn't have to do that. Or is it a real thing? I I definitely agree. And you can't, you know, you can't argue with the fact that, you know, in September, you're losing that sunlight. So you're losing not just evaporation, but the evapotranspiration. So the plant activity is starting to slow down or shut down. The days are getting shorter. The sunlight is getting weaker. And so it makes sense that as the whole hemisphere goes through that transition, that you get, you know, one good cold front and it's going to have some bite to it that you just couldn't do during summer. Because think about it. If, if we get a cold front coming in from the north in the middle of July, I mean, look at where it's coming from. Even if it comes from northern Canada, it's coming from an area where the sun has been out for, you know, 18 hours out of the day. Or maybe, you know, yeah, it's probably not coming from, you know, the the North Pole. But if it's coming from near the Arctic Circle, this supposedly cool air mass has been in an area that's been getting almost constant sunlight and where temperatures are often, you know, in July in the 70s and even the 80s. If you then sort of contrast that with that same air mass, if you get a cold front coming out of that same region in September, you know, now in those same latitudes, it's dark for, you know, maybe 14 or 15 hours. I mean, depending on what part of September, I suppose, but it's dark for much longer. The sunlight is much, much weaker. And, you know, the night is making a good comeback and the days aren't uh, exerting as much force. And so you get a cold front that has some teeth to it. So I think, you know, your observation, Jim, I think I've heard it from enough people before. And we know that, you know, once you get around that first week in September, the the 90s, they don't disappear completely, but they become much less common. And, you know, you, you almost never see a 100 degree reading after about, well, really in the second half of September. So it's a pretty big transition. And, uh, you know, you can notice changes in the the character of the air, for sure. Well, Kenny, in a nutshell, what can we expect weather-wise for the next several days? Yeah. So, you know, again, one of the key influences is going to be what happens between when we talk now and when people can hear this on, on Monday. So, 
but we expect storms will affect parts of central Minnesota in that in-between period. And they're gonna put out a boundary and then you watch for new storms to form along that boundary. So not too far from where the overnight storms sort of make it before they really fall apart. And uh, you expect new storms to form along that boundary Monday afternoon and evening. Some of those storms could be severe, meaning capable of damage from hail, high winds, and even tornadoes. And also uh, will have the potential to form and reform along some of those boundaries and produce very heavy rains. Uh, that's not going to affect everybody. This is not a statewide event for Monday evening. It really looks like it'll be central and or southern Minnesota with the east favored slightly more than the west. Uh, northern Minnesota might actually sit that particular event out. But then uh, as we get into Tuesday and Wednesday, there will be more storms forming in probably northern Minnesota along the, the boundary of the really warm air. The rest of us will be warm and humid. Temperatures around 90, depending on where you are in central and southern Minnesota, maybe in the, in the 90s, out towards the Buffalo Ridge of southwest Minnesota. And then as we start to get some of that tropical moisture from these remnant tropical weather systems, we could have a heavy rainfall event Thursday and or Friday. So that's what we're watching. And then allegedly fall begins, at least in terms of the weather that we experience, looks like a big cool down. But as I mentioned, uh, once you get about a week out, things look a little iffy too. It looks like a big cool down, but I wouldn't be surprised if you know it's a three or four day cool down followed by another surge of not quite as hot weather. Well, we've got hot and humid weather ahead, so stay well hydrated. Be careful if you're outside working or doing any kind of physical activity. And uh, with the threat for severe weather, keep an eye on the skies. Correct. Yep. And go dunk yourself in a pool or something. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. This is Way Over Our Heads. It's a weather and climate podcast. I'm Jim Dubois. Kenny Blumenfeld's a climatologist. Kenny, have a wonderful week and uh, we'll check in with everybody in about a week. Thanks, Jim. You have a good week too.